The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. With your host, psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well. To learn more about the show or Dr. Peg's mental health consulting and publishing services, visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado, and streaming around the world online and from your smartphone apps. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to drpegradio.com for the program archives. And also check out drpegradio.com for information about the show, my sponsor, and how you can take advantage of my mental health wellness and safety consulting services, workshops, and books. And in particular, I do want to let you know about my upcoming VIP personal transformation retreats in December and January. You can end 2016 and start 2017 by investing time in yourself to reflect on where you've been, identify where you want to go, and implement effective strategies to get you there. These full-day private individual personal Retreats or semi-private small group sessions will be a luxurious luxurious time of refreshment, reflection, and acceleration to do something different and experience lasting change in your life. Contact me today to reserve your spot. Well, do you find it hard to get your bills paid and still have a little left over for savings? Do you need strategies to manage your money God's way so your holiday spending doesn't get out of control. As we approach the end of the year, many people realize that the way they've handled their finances over the past 12 months and probably over their entire adult life just isn't working. Well, I'm glad you're listening to to today's broadcast. It's a blessing to have Craig Hill back with me on the program today. Craig Hill is the founder of Family Foundations International, whose purpose is to help churches reestablish in families the biblical foundations that cause life to work and people to prosper from one generation to the next. And notably, for today's topic, Craig is also the author of several books, including Five Wealth Secrets, 96% of Us Don't Know. Craig Hill, thanks so much for being back with me today. Welcome to the program. Great to be with you again today, Dr. All right, right in the studio, live and in person. That's true. I just so enjoyed our time on the phone the last time you were on my program And as I said during the program, I was on the edge of my seat (laughs) the -hmm. entire time. Uh, You were just bringing such wisdom and revelation uh, about uh, blessing the generations. And my husband and I were blessed to be able to attend your Blessing Generations uh, in-person seminar in Littleton, Colorado. And it just was such a blessing. I just um, was anticipating um, a shifting at that time. And things um, taking off for for me personally and in our marriage and in my business and ministry. And 
then certainly you really planted some great seeds. So thank you. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a great experience. Yes, thank you. So it's been some time, a couple, several weeks since that experience. And just to be able to say it really made a difference. And listeners, if you ever have the opportunity to participate in Family Foundation's international ministry events, I encourage you to do so. And you guys are all over the world, aren't you? Yeah, actually we are. We're in 53 nations right now where wow. we've got permanent ministry teams doing oh, seminars. Boy, that's that's wonderful. Well, what a blessing. Well, Craig, um, we're talking today about the five wealth secrets. 96% of us don't know. Right. And so I do want our listeners to know um, this isn't one of those hokey money secret books. It's based on biblical principles that you've identified in the Bible that we can all read for ourselves. And so uh, tell us just about how you came to write the book and and discover these principles. Well, I noticed, as you were saying, Dr. Pegg, that so many people struggle financially. And uh, I find it's no different with Christians than it is with everybody else. And really, uh, we've got incredible principles in the Word of God that are given to us. And yet many, many people just ignore those principles. Mm -hmm. Some of them really don't know what the principles are. And for most of us, we pretty much manage money just the way our parents sort of did uh, because we don't know what else to do. And so for most of us, our parents were not wise with their money. And uh, so we we wish that we could do something different, but we don't know what to do that's really any different. So mm-hmm. uh, I wrote the book because I discovered several principles uh, that were working in my life personally. And uh, and sort of way back in year 2000, God really gave Jan and me a, a vehement desire to eliminate our debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had always carried debt. Uh, not, we never carried credit card debt. I figured out uh, at a very early time that that was not wise That's thing to trap. do. That's a trap. That was a <laughs> yeah. trap. But we always had a mortgage on our house. We always had, uh, or not always, but many times we borrowed money for a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we found that we were in, enslaved to a bunch of monthly payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really weren't in control or in charge of our own money. Mm-hmm. And then when there were things that we wanted to give to that the Lord touched our hearts with, it didn't really matter whether we wanted to or not. We couldn't right. because our money was allocated every month to to these payments that we had to make for things that we had uh, signed up for. And I just thought, God, there has got to be a better way to manage money. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a better way to do this. And uh, that's when we really began pressing into the Lord and, mm. and found these simple biblical principles that, uh, as you mentioned, are in the book, Five Wealth Secrets. And again, I, I called them secrets not because they're actually something that are unknowable, they're things that anybody could know. They're actually very simple things that anybody could do. It's just that most people don't because they don't know. Right. And and once they do know, then the other important step is applying what you know. That's exactly <laughs> yes. right. That's... Yeah, absolutely. Well, I once heard someone say the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Yes. <laughs> and really anything and everything we need to know about life can be found in, in the Bible um, and, and can be known, as you said, they're knowable. And if yeah. not just by direct reading, we can press in to the Lord, as you as you said, and ask the Lord, you know, I'm having difficulty in this area of my life. Show me. Mm-hmm. And he'll either direct you through his word uh, in the Bible or he'll reveal something to you. Right. And I, and I wrote the, the reason I wrote that 96 percent of us don't know is just uh, something that I heard many, many years ago, a statistic mm-hmm. that somebody threw out. They said if we were to give ten thousand dollars to 100 people today and uh, said, do whatever you want with this ten thousand dollars, we're going to come back a year from now to see what you have done. Statistically, 80 of the 100 would have zero <laughs> left. They would have spent it all. 
and 16 would have maybe $10,300 to $10,500, about the amount that you get by putting the money in the bank at interest, and four out of that hundred would have multiplied that money to between $20,000 and $1 million. Wow. So uh, we just look at arithmetic functions, and what we find is that 80% of the people are real good at subtraction, (laughs) 16% know a little bit of something about addition, and only 4% Mm. know about multiplication. Mm -hmm. And I began thinking and looking, well, what do the 4% know that the 96% don't know? Are they really any smarter? The answer is no. Do they have any more time available? No. Do they have opportunities that other people don't really have? No. The answer is These 4% just know simple principles and practice simple principles that anybody could practice, Mm -hmm. and most people don't. And just don't. And you say in your book is the the bottom line is that that 4% value wisdom over wealth, and we know it's biblical wisdom, biblical principles, and the 4% recognize they can go further with good information, biblical principles, than you can with an actual dollar. Well, what actually happens to the 4% is you can take all their money away, and uh, <clears throat> do you know that they'll have it all back in a short period yes. of time? Whereas uh, with the others, you take their money away, and they don't get it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that spend 100% of the money, they don't get it back. But the 4% mm-hmm. get it back because of wisdom. Wisdom. They, the they understand thing. principles. They know what to do and how to generate resource, mm-hmm. how to generate wealth. Mm-hmm. And in your book, Five Wealth Secrets, you talk a lot about um, the Jewish people and Old Testament principles. And uh, that for Jewish people, these Old Testament principles are part of the culture. I have some Jewish friends who are right. very passionate about um, about being Jewish, but it's more cultural and social for them than it is even, um, you know, the Torah. And so talk about those Old Testament principles that are really just ingrained in the Jewish culture, uh, whereas um, many New Testament Christians tend to ignore those principles right. and rely on grace. So we say, okay, you know, we've got Jesus, we have grace, so we don't have to worry about the Old Testament. But that's not true, is it? No, that's not true because a lot of the things in the Old Testament are not legal. They're just not law things. They're actually principles. Principles. Just like gravity. Mm -hmm. Gravity is a principle. And uh, a Christian can't say, well, I'm in Christ, so I'm free from the law Mm -hmm. of gravity. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't work that way. And uh, financial principles, we find most of them. You don't find too many financial principles in Corinthians, in Romans, in (laughs) Ephesians, in 1 Peter. Peter, you find most of the mm-hmm. financial principles that happen to be in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and mm-hmm. Proverbs and places like that. And uh, I began wondering, well, what do Jewish people do? And many of them are the 4% people that mm-hmm. know how to multiply. What do they naturally do that most other people don't do? And what I discovered, the very first thing was this, that they think about money entirely differently mm-hmm. and they use money entirely differently than the other people. Uh, Basically, the very first thing that I discovered is Jewish people, uh, not exclusively always, but the 4% type of people never put all their money in one jar (laughs) and spend it first. What they do is they put their money in separate accounts or separate designated jars and they spend last. So Mm -hmm. they limit their spending, and that's what most people don't do. I I ask people oftentimes when I'm speaking, does anybody here have teenagers? Mm -hmm. And, of course, a lot of people raise their hands, and I say, listen, if you give a teenager $10, what will he do? Mm -hmm. And all the parents laugh because they know exactly what will happen. Well, he'll spend it. How much of it? 
100% of it. And if we ask that teenager, do you have financial problems? He'll say, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your financial problem? Dad and mom don't give me enough money. Right. Well, let's solve that for you. We're mm. going to give you $20. Mm. So we give them $20. <laughs> and uh, we say, so what is your teenager going to do with $20 now? Everybody laughs again. Spend it. How much of it? 100%. And if we ask that teenager, do you have financial problems? Yes, I sure do. <laughs> well, what's your problem? Dad mom don't give me enough money. Expenses are too high. Income's not enough. So, uh, well, we'll solve that again. Let's give you $30. (laughs) And what's the teenager going to do? Spend 100% of it. And what I tell people is that I encounter all kinds of people that are 30, 40, 50, even 60 years old that still use their money like a A teenager. That's right. Never (laughs) change that strategy. Right. And the 4% never Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. What they do is they divide their money into separate jars. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we did that when our children were little. Uh, and I think a lot of people did yeah. it with children. Yeah, we have little piggy banks, and we have a. Uh, they even sell them that say tithe, spending, saving. And yeah. somehow or another, when you get old, you chuck all that out. You mm-hmm. throw that out. But we had five jars for our children. We we had the Lord's tithe. Mm-hmm. Then we had offerings. Then we had saving. Then we had investment. Mm-hmm. And then we had spending. In that order, there's a priority there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The Lord's tithe. For those of us who are believers in Jesus, we realize that there's 10% that doesn't even belong to us. It's just us learning how to manage money Mm -hmm. that doesn't belong to us. And Jesus actually said in Luke chapter 16, verse 12, who will give you that which is your own if you haven't first learned to manage that which belongs to another? Mm. And the Lord's tithe is an opportunity to learn how to manage money that doesn't Mm -hmm. belong to you. And uh, many people never learn that. Right. But uh, what I found is that just like a teenager, if you take your whole paycheck, you take all the money you make in a month, you just put it in a checking account, for example, and you pay your bills first. How much is going to be left at the end of the month? (laughs) Not much because most of us are living above our means to begin with, right? So what's going to happen is you're going to spend it all just like a teenager, and you're going to complain every month. People are going to go, you know, if we say, do you have financial problems? Many people go, yes, I do. What's your problem? And they'll go, well, the employer doesn't pay me what I'm pay me. The (laughs) boss doesn't pay me what I'm worth. Expenses are too high. Mm -hmm. Rent's too high. The mortgage is too Mm -hmm. high. Fuel is too high. Mm -hmm. Taxes are too high. Expenses are too much. And I just don't make. I can't make ends meet. And people who think like that will always remain in that Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. They will never be able to change. And what the four percent actually do is they voluntarily limit mm-hmm. their spending. So what they do is is they say, you know, I'm not going to spend 100% of my income. First of all, I'm going to manage the Lord's tithe. Mm-hmm. That's 10%. So I'm just going to take 10%, and I am going to regularly deliver that to the storehouse, which is the local church where I'm covered, where mm-hmm. I fellowship, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where I have a pastor, where that's who I call when my kids are sick. Right. It's not the TV ministry. Right. It's not the missionaries. It's the local place, mm-hmm. my storehouse mm-hmm. where, where I fellowship. I'm going to just manage that. And then I'm going to take some percentage and I'm going to put it in an offering jar. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm always going to encounter people in need, somebody who's had a tragedy, somebody who has had a, a problem, a missions project I want to be involved with. And if I don't have money allocated for that, then I'm not going to have any money to be able to give. Mm-hmm. And then I want to have another percentage of money in savings to save for contingencies for larger expenses in the future. And then I want to have another amount of money 
that I put in investment jar for multiplication. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know we'll probably talk about that a little bit yes. later in the broadcast, but God confronted me several years ago with Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And everybody's mm. familiar with that scripture. That's mm-hmm. the one where God said to uh, Adam and Eve, created them in his image, and then he said, take dominion over the earth. And he gave a command to, to every human mm-hmm. that they're to do two things, be fruitful and multiply. And uh, many years ago, the Lord said to me, son, have you learned how to multiply mm. finances? And I said, well, God, I thought that was just about children. <laughs> and the Lord said, no, 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 no. I am a multiplier. Amen. That's my nature. I multiply everything I touch. <laughs> and you've never learned how to multiply <laughs> finances. And I want to teach you. I said, well, God, I've never really been very good at that. But if you want to teach me, I'd like to learn. Mm -hmm. And the very first step is God said, well, allocate something Mm -hmm. to the multiplication jar, because if there's nothing in that jar, then you're not going to be able to multiply Mm -hmm. anything. So what the 4% do, they tithe first, they give second, they save third, Mm -hmm. they invest fourth, and they spend what's left. What the other people do, they put all their money in one jar and they spend first and then they try to tithe, give, save, invest. And if you do it that way, it is impossible. Mm -hmm. I mean, people struggle. How could I tithe? Mm -hmm. It's so hard. Do you know if you do that first? It's never hard. Right. Because you're now you're on a budget or a spending plan and you need to make choices about how you're going to spend the remainder and remainder we haven't even talked about taxes no, no, <laughs> with now which which would that go in the spending taxes jar? goes in the spending so you jar. have to budget for that absolutely yeah, yeah. so you've got to put that in your spending jar mm-hmm. and you've got to budget for that but but what happens uh dr peg i'm sure you've experienced this uh and i i have as well and many people have when you begin to tithe you release something supernatural. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, God never designed us to be natural people, to just mm-hmm. live in the natural. Mm-hmm. God designed us to be supernatural people, to be releasing his supernatural into our lives on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we follow principles that he established in his word, we begin to release the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had many people tell me this story. I couldn't live on 100% of my income before. I mean, I was always in in, Mm. in financial trouble. I began to tithe, and somehow the 90% seems to stretch farther now than 100% used to, and I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. You ask people, how is that working? Well, the answer is it's supernatural. supernatural. You're releasing something supernatural Amen. in your life. Amen. Amen. And so it's not enough to just cite scripture and read scripture. We have to put these principles into practice. That's part of what leads to financial prosperity. I'm speaking with Craig Hill, this is Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Uh, we're talking about the tithe, and, and I like what you said about one purpose of the tithe is it is a qualification test yes. to see if you know how to handle money that doesn't belong to you. And yes. I don't think many people think of the tithe in that way. God doesn't need our money. Obviously. <laughs> so he's using it for some other purpose, to provide for the needs of his people in our local church, as you mentioned, right. and to qualify us, well, to show what's in our heart. Well, I would say it this way. Suppose a multi-trillionaire came to town and he said, 
you know, I would like to invest here in Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like to put money into some kingdom projects here to help poor people, to uh, help widows, Mm -hmm. to help orphans, maybe to help people with AIDS. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd like to invest in many things here, but I don't know what what projects to invest in, and I would like to find Mm -hmm. some local agents I'd like to find some people here I could partner mm-hmm. with. And actually, I'm very, very wealthy. I would like to put a million dollars a month into projects here in Denver, Colorado. I'm looking for 10 representatives, <laughs> and I would pay these people to be my representatives so I'd take care of their needs. And I would give each one of them $100,000 a month to put into the kingdom of God. But the problem is I don't know anybody here in Denver, so how would I find faithful people mm-hmm. To whom I could give $100,000 and expect it to actually pass through their hands mm. into the kingdom projects that I would like to invest in. How do I find those people? Well, $100,000 a month, that's a lot of money. So how would I qualify somebody? How would I find out who's going to be faithful, who will do mm. what I ask them to do? What I would do as a human, I would give a lot of people a little qualification test. Mm. How would I do that? By giving them a small amount of money. Instead of giving people $100,000, suppose I just give people $500. Mm-hmm. I go, you know what? I'm going to give you $500 a month, and it's not for you. It's for the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and here's my purpose. I give it to you, and you pass it through and deliver it to where we agree that it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't tell them my actual goal is to find people that I could pass $100,000 a month through I just tell everybody, who'd like to manage $500 a month of my money? And uh, so a number of people sign up. Let's say I get 100 people that say that they'll do that. And so I start giving the $500 a month, and I watch to see what people will do. And uh, the first person uh, you know, comes back at the end of the month and says, wow, I was a little short this month. <laughs> I, and, and you know, I had to use 300 of it mm. to pay my own bills. But mm. you know what? I got a big deal coming through next mm. month, and I'll replace it then. Mm. Am I going to qualify that person to manage my 100,000? No, because what if they do the same with my 100,000? They didn't understand that was dedicated money, not for their purpose, Mm. but to be used in kingdom projects. Mm. So I'm not going to, that person's disqualified themselves. Another person says, well, you know, I delivered 400 into the kingdom projects. I kept back 100 just in case you know, for the next month. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. That wasn't the assignment. The assignment was to deliver the whole 500. Mm. So what I'm looking for is who's faithful with a small amount of my money. And they have to recognize two things. Number one, I need them to recognize it's not your money. It's not your money. It's my <laughs> money. And the second Mm. thing I need you to recognize is it's a special category of money. Mm. It is dedicated Dedicated. money. And so I expect you to set it aside. Mm. Don't put it in your personal checking account because we know what will happen if you do that. Mm -hmm. Like if I want to be a stockbroker and manage other people's money, can I put that money in my personal Mm -hmm. account? No, it's called commingling of funds. I go to jail if I do that. So this is the same. I'm looking for somebody who understands two things. Mm. Do you understand it's not your money? And secondly, do you understand, it's dedicated, or the Bible word for that is holy, Mm -hmm. set aside dedicated money. Suppose I find 10 people who manage my small account, $500, very well. Mm -hmm. I qualify them and say, you know what? I'm going to give you now 100,000 of my money Mm -hmm. because you managed a small account. Everybody 
has a qualification test with God that's exactly like that. God is a multi-trillionaire. He <laughs> is coming to Denver yes. today, and he's <laughs> saying, I'm looking for people who would manage a small account of my mm-hmm. money. What is that small account? It's called the Lord's Tithe. And what it does, I mean, Jesus actually said that in, in Luke chapter 16. Let mm-hmm. me just read that real quickly. He said in verse 12, I've got it here. And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So how do you learn to be faithful with what belongs to another? Well, you manage the Lord's tithe. It doesn't belong Mm -hmm. to you. It belongs to him. And here's what happens when you're faithful in learning to manage the Lord's tithe, which is a small account of his money. He releases to you an ever-increasing amount of his resources But people who are not faithful with managing even a little amount, who in their right mind would give that person (laughs) more? Who would do it? And so it really is about um, honoring the Lord's principles, doing what he's requiring us to do. So renewing our minds around our finances. Uh, The 4% do more with what they have. And they do it according to God's principles, and that's really the key. Correct. Well, when we come back, Craig Hill is going to talk about how having a vision and understanding your purpose are keys to building wealth God's way. Don't go away. We'll be right back. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Mourners are gathering in Georgia to remember 53-year-old Deputy U.S. Marshal Patrick Carruthers. Carruthers, who was Deputy Commander of the Southeast Regional Fugitive Task Force for the U.S. Marshal Service, died after being shot twice while trying to serve a warrant November 18th at a mobile home in rural Long County. That's about 55 miles southeast of Savannah. Police in Alaska say no one else is at risk following the deaths of four people, including an infant in a hotel in what they say appears to be a murder-suicide. Mexican police and soldiers have freed 81 farm workers from what prosecutors call inhuman conditions at a large commercial tomato farm in the northern border state of Cajahuilla. And Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro is going to stage a tribute to Castro tonight at the military barracks in Caracas, where the remains of his closest ally, former President Hugo Chavez, are interred. This is SRN News. Renting in Denver? Denver rents have consistently gone up in 014, 15, and through today. Can you imagine how high your rents will be next year? You already know this, but you've struggled to save $10,000, $20,000 or more in down payment to buy your own home. I'm Brian Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, and I may have your ticket out of renting and into a home of your own. 
we are proud to announce our new 1% down payment purchase program that can get you out of your landlord's pocket and into your own home. 1% down payment equals $3,000 to get you into a $300,000 home. That's $3,000 to own your own home. Call me and my local Colorado-only team for a painless five-minute conversation to see how quickly we can get you into your own home with a mere 1% down payment. Our number, 303-500-1900. That's 303-500-1900. Or visit frontrangemortgage.com. And MLS 378844, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Denver? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Stan Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Denver area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Denver is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-339-3884. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. That's 1-800-339-3884. That's 1-800-339-3884. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. I'm here with Craig Hill talking about the five wealth secrets 96% of us don't know. Are you in that 96% or are you in the 4%? Learn more about how to get into that 4% uh, by going to familyfoundations.com where you can purchase Craig Hill's book, The Five Wealth Secrets 96% of Us Don't Know. Craig, um, let's talk about the second wealth secret. Uh, You share a story in your book about television. (laughs) (laughs) and that television is the key to success but we're not talking about tv are we no it's not the electronic income producer (laughs) that sits in your front room which we call a tv set (laughs) but the one very wealthy man was asked what's the key to your success and he said television and they said well what do you mean you did info infomercials Mm -hmm. to uh, build your business or what he said no 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 not the thing that sits in your living room that you sit and waste time in front of. <laughs> no, what we're talking about is tell people your vision. Yeah. Amen. That when you tell others a vision, people will invest in that. And uh, we find that the Bible says, for a lack of vision, people perish. And so uh, many people have no vision. They perish. They they just pursue money. Mm. So if you pursue <clears throat> money, which is provision, mm. I mean, think about this, Dr. Peg. Here's a very interesting thing. Just that word provision. Mm-hmm. All of us need it, yep, right? Yep. Provision are things like a house, a car, food, clothing. We need that. That's provision. That word is broken down into two parts. The first prefix is pro which means for mm-hmm. or in favor of. So provision is what comes from God for what? For your vision. Mm-hmm. If you have no vision, then you need no provision, what comes mm-hmm. for your vision. So uh, what I've always told people, and we find, again, many Jewish people understand this, 4% people understand this, don't pursue money, pursue vision. 
Money always naturally follows mm -hmm. vision. Mm -hmm. People that have money are willing to invest in somebody with a vision. Mm -hmm. People that have money are not willing to invest in someone with no vision. Who would do that mm -hmm. in their right mind? Mm -hmm. So if you have vision, you actually don't need money. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. attract investors that will come and invest in your vision. Mm -hmm. But if you have no vision and you have no money then you will perish. Yes, yes. You and and uh, you put it another way as well in your in your book in order to accomplish any purpose you can either use vision or money, but the hindrance to accomplishment is either lack of vision or lack of knowledge, not lack of money. Well, that's because I looked in the Word of God and I cannot find one scripture <laughs> that says, for lack of money, my people perish. <laughs> yes. From lack of money, people can't accomplish this. But yet you hear that coming out of mm -hmm. people's mouths all the time. Oh, I can't go on this missions trip because I don't have the money. Mm. Oh, I can't do this thing or that thing or start a business or accomplish this or that because I don't have the money. And I can't find that in the word. Mm. It doesn't say for lack of money, people perish. So some people perish because they don't have knowledge. Mm -hmm. They don't know what the word of God says. They don't know what they need to do. They don't understand the principles. Other people perish because they have no vision. Mm -hmm. But if you have a vision, people will always invest in you. Mm. Money always follows vision. I, I think of, uh, I remember when we started uh, the ministry and we began uh, family foundations in various nations. We were going to go to the nation of Zimbabwe in Africa. And uh, one dear lady who was a retired school teacher who was uh, one of the people that was ministering with us, her name is Elsie. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, I really want to go on that trip to Zimbabwe. I believe God has called me to go on that trip. I said, great, we'd love to have you. Well, it got like six weeks from when we were going to leave. And I said, well, are you coming with us? She hadn't bought her airline ticket uh -uh. or anything mm -hmm. yet. She said, well, I'd love to, but I just don't have the money. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, again, thought, where is that in the Word of God? I can't go because I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. I said, do you have a vision to go? Has God called you to go? Well, yes, I believe God's called me to go. I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you just write a letter to several of the churches in which you've ministered and some of the mm -hmm. people that are familiar with your ministry and give them an opportunity to participate and sow into your ministry in going to Zimbabwe. And for some reason, she hadn't thought of that. Mm. So she did that. And do you know, within two weeks, she had not only the money to go to Zimbabwe, she had money left over for the next mm -hmm. missions yes. trip that she went on. And she discovered the principle, I don't need money if I have vision because I can use Television, television, which was she told her vision to people, and she found there were lots of people that wanted to invest in Amen. her. Amen. Amen. I mean, and, and it works in every aspect. I started this radio program um, several years ago on a on a different station, literally by sending an email to friends saying, "Here's what I want to do. I want to share effective psychological strategies yes. based on biblical principles." to help people stay safe and live well. Yes. And I had friends who donated money, and I think I spent just a little bit of money out of my own pocket to launch my radio show initially because I shared my passion for what I was so doing. So if you want to start a radio show or mm -hmm. you want to go on a missions trip mm -hmm. to Zimbabwe or you want to start a business, you either have to write checks to do that. <laughs> you have to have a large bank account yes. and you write checks to do that, or... 
you can share the vision with mm-hmm. other people who choose to invest in your vision mm-hmm. and do it that way. So you can tell a vision to others who will invest in mm-hmm. your vision or you have to have a bunch of money mm-hmm. to write checks. Right. And again, if you don't have vision and you don't have money, then you can't do radio yes. programs <laughs> and you right. can't go on missions <laughs> trips right. and you can't start businesses and you can't do anything mm-hmm. that God has called you to do because it all functions by vision. Right. So write a check or write the vision that's, <laughs> on tablets. That's basically Amen. it. Amen. So um, we can we know that the four percent really understand these principles. Uh, they also use money as their servant. So many of us serve our money (laughs) instead of our money serving us. And you say that um, when we pursue our vision with all our heart and expect that provision will follow, um, God will show up. God will be pro that vision. Um, But not everyone thinks that way. How, how can we, how can we, is it just kind of sharing these stories and these biblical um, principles. How do you get people excited about that? It, it really is a renewed mind. Mm-hmm. And people need to read books like Five Wealth mm-hmm. Secrets. 96% mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. don't know. Go to the scriptures and look those things up. When my children were little, uh, I told them as they grow up, don't ever work for money. Mm. I, I hear people all the time. I say, where do you work? Oh, at this place, mm-hmm. that place. Do you like that job? No, I don't really like that. Well, why do you do it? You know what they say? I have to. I need the money. I work for money. I find that people Mm. are working for money. That defines a master-slave relationship Mm. right there. Who's the master? Money. Mm -hmm. That's who you work for. I told my kids, don't you ever work Mm -hmm. for money. Mm -hmm. You work for God. You work for the vision that he gave you. And you make money work for you. So money is the servant, not the mm-hmm. master. Amen. You press money into service to accomplish kingdom purpose. Don't ever flip that around and work for money and then beg God to get it for you. Mm-hmm. I find many people invert that relationship. God becomes the servant. Mm-hmm. And people are begging God, oh, God, I need money for this. I need money for that. Now, God is supposed to be my servant to get me mm. money. Money is actually my master that dictates what goes on in my life. That is inverted. That's the opposite. No, 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 no. God is my master. He tells me what to do. <laughs> he gives me vision. I tell money what yes, to do yes. to accomplish the vision God has given me. I never want to reverse that and, and let money be my master and tell me what to do. And then I beg God to be mm. my servant to go and get me money. That's an inverted oh, relationship. Boy. Yes. That's yes. the so opposite. Renewing our mind just to hear that. And, and listeners, you can listen to this on the on demand over and over again um, and Put it on play and repeat to just re- renew your mind with that. That alone, I think, will set a lot of people free around their money and working without a vision. You know, one of the other things that I find, Dr. Pegg, that's just a huge problem in our day is debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get into mm-hmm. debt and they don't realize Proverbs 22.7, again, defines a master-slave relationship. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize it. 
the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor mm. and the borrower is slave mm. to the lender. And many, many years ago, God just gave me some very clear definitions of that. And, and I told this to my children as well. You have a choice as you come into your adult life. You choose to be rich or poor. Mm. It's not a circumstance that happens to you. Mm-hmm. It is a choice you make. Mm. And let me tell you, son, how to be poor. If you want to be poor all your life, here's what you do. Live like a teenager. Mm. How do you be poor all your life? Spend 100% of your money. As a matter of fact, that's my <laughs> No, that's my definition of the poor. The poor mm. is someone who makes a choice to spend 100% of their money. It doesn't matter how much you make. It matters how you use what you make. Mm-hmm. Rich or poor is not determined by how much money you make. Right. We we hear stories, and maybe some of you listeners are these people yourself. You make a lot of money, and you're still struggling. It's how we use what we make and not dedicating it to the Lord and letting God tell us what to do with our money, and we tell our money how to serve us and God. That's exactly Amen. right. So a poor person is someone who spends 100% of their money. Mm-hmm. A wealthy person is somebody who segregates their mm-hmm. money into separate jars and then uses money to learn to multiply. And then how do you become a slave? Very simple. Borrow money. Mm-hmm. Spend 100% of what you make and then go and borrow more. And the Bible says very clearly in Proverbs 22, 7, if you do that, you'll not only be poor, you'll be a slave. Mm. And I've said to many, many people, who put a gun to your head and forced you to borrow that money? Mm. And the answer is no one. I chose. And that is a that's a hard revelation mm-hmm. for a lot of people. You know, the reason I have financial problems is not my parents. It's not the government. It's not my employer. It's not uh, my husband. It's not all these other people. It is actually my choice, mm-hmm. the, cho- the choices I made. But here's the very, very good news that people ought to get excited about today. If you've made poor choices in the past, you don't have to continue to make those mm-hmm. poor choices. You can actually change today mm-hmm. and learn how to not use 100% of your money. Learn how to eliminate your debt and learn how to actually begin to multiply money. And that's what God taught us. That's the principles I wrote in that book, Five Wealth Secrets. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Well, wealth secret number three is invest in things and people that multiply. And we'll talk about that as well as investing. Uh, When we come back, you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Pegg. And my guest today is Craig Hill, author of Five Wealth Secrets. 96% of us don't know. Make sure you're in the 4%. Don't go away. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or act of terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based, advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and 
and emotion. SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm talking with Craig Hill. Uh, We're going to go right into um, our third secret quickly. We're going to do three, four, and five (laughs) in in about ten minutes. So the third wealth secret is invest in people and things that multiply. And you've already talked about debt. We're actually subtracting and dividing when we take on debt and um, take out credit cards where we're living on 100% or more of our income. And so talk about uh, investing in people and things that multiply. Well, the 4% never do that. They never invest in personal debt for consumption because, as you said, it takes money out of your pocket, Mm -hmm. not puts money into your pocket. So what the 4% do is they say, God, would you show me how to invest in something that multiplies, something that will increase? So I can invest in people. Mm -hmm. I can invest in a business. I could invest in offerings Mm -hmm. that supernaturally Mm -hmm. multiply and return to me in the future. Uh, I could invest in markets. I could invest in commodities. There are many, many things I could invest in, and people need to learn So how do I multiply? And Mm -hmm. the very first principle in multiplication that I realized is to uh, ask God, well, first of all, to set aside some money for multiplication. To actually have something to work with. Have something to work Mm -hmm. with. God told me, you know, I could have brought a thousand to one multiplication factor to your life last year and you wouldn't know it. Mm. Because what if I hit whatever's in your multiplication jar with a thousand to one. I mean, here's the point. What's 10 times one? 10. 100 times one? 100. 1,000 times one? 1,000. What's a million times zero? (laughs) Zero. So if God could bring a million to one Mm -hmm. multiplication factor, Mm -hmm. but you've got to start with something. That's the first principle. And that's the widow's might. And and was it Elijah who came and she only had a little jar of oil and a little bit of flour, but you take what you have and God can supernaturally multiply it a million times. So that one tiny little thing is not too, too little. Exactly. And Jesus did the same with the the food. Yes. You know, there was four or 5,000 people Mm -hmm. there and or 5,000 men Mm -hmm. and all their families. But Jesus did have to start with something. And the disciples kept acting like, well, we don't have anything. We can't do anything. And Jesus said, well, surely somebody has something. Mm-hmm. Well, this one little boy's got his own personal lunch, but what good is that? That's right. like nothing. And Jesus said, no, that's not nothing. I can hit that thing with a 20,000 to one multiplication factor. Just bring yeah, it here. Yeah. And it's, the, again, the willingness and the qualification test of will you take the last little bit you have and trust me that I can multiply this and I'm pro the vision. Let's talk about um, the wealth secret number four. Uh, four. And I think this requires a little bit more advanced understanding or a little bit of research, and maybe I'm wrong, and you'll you'll uh, correct me, a little bit of preparation and planning. It's not so simple to just kind of jump in there and start investing. What's wealth secret number four? 
uh, that is planned for cycles. Mm -hmm. So understand that there are economic cycles that come and go. Nothing is flat. And, you know, Greek people, Greek thinkers tend to think in straight lines. Mm -hmm. Everything's linear, meaning everything's just going to carry on exactly the Mm -hmm. way that it always has. The reason Jewish people prosper is they understand cycles, Mm. and everything goes in cycles. Markets go up, markets go down. Uh, For example, here in the United States, here's a myth that we've been told all our lives. Myth number one, house prices always (laughs) go up. Haven't you been told that? You should always be a buyer and uh, not a renter. That's right, and house prices always go up. Well, that's true until you hit a downturn Mm -hmm. in the economy, and we had a short one in 2008 where a lot of people experienced their house price going down, Mm -hmm. first time in their whole life. And now here we come in toward the end of 2016 into 2017. Uh, when when we're recording this now, and it'll be, I'm sure people will listen to this on into the future, mm-hmm. and what we will see is that we're headed for a down cycle. And uh, how do you prepare for that? Well, there are a lot of principles in Scripture, again, where the Bible uses animals. For example, it says, look at ants, look at squirrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they prepare in the good times for the bad times, so that when, mm-hmm. the, when the down time comes, people are, are prepared. And I can tell you right now, the most important thing that you can do to prepare for a down cycle is eliminate your debt. Mm -hmm. People that have debt lose what they have in a down cycle. It gets repossessed by Mm -hmm. banks, and uh, it is not a good plan to be in a bunch of debt as we prepare for a down cycle. And the 4% thinker can capitalize on that downturn if they've planned appropriately and well, well they can debt. actually invest in investment vehicles that go up mm-hmm. when markets go down uh, they can become sellers of things mm-hmm. rather than buyers of things when market prices plunge mm-hmm. and so uh, certainly people can learn how to do that mm-hmm. and understand that but just a very simple thing anybody can do is eliminate your debt and store cash you mm-hmm. know if you think back in the 1930s do you know that people bought things for Five percent, ten percent on a dollar. Probably very few of us listening were alive in the 30s, but we heard that from our parents and grandparents, and we certainly read about that in history. Who prospered? There were some people that became millionaires Mm -hmm. in the 1930s. Who were those people? Mm -hmm. They were the people that had no debt. They were the people that had prepared, had some extra cash, Mm -hmm. and they were able to go and purchase properties businesses, Mm -hmm. farms, houses, cars, for 5%, 10% of their former value, people could do the same thing again right now if they had eyes to see Mm -hmm. the cycles. And we're not just thinking, well, markets always go up. Real estate always goes up. Everything always goes up. And that has been true for several decades Mm -hmm. in an inflation cycle that we've been in. But I believe we're turning that now, and we're going to see a deflation cycle for Mm -hmm. a period of time where prices go down. We've never experienced that before. Mm -hmm. But people that have eyes to see and prepare for it are going to find deals of a century available where people could buy a house for 10%. What that means is you could buy the whole house for what was the down payment right? if you had eyes to see yeah. that and you had prepared. Now, people that have a lot of debt are going to struggle with that. Mm. I implore you, mm. begin to get out of debt. Amen. Amen. We received a prophetic word at my church as well Yes. Um, for moving into 2017. Get rid of debt. God is provi- going to be providing opportunities if you've positioned yourself. So exactly. listeners, take this as a prophetic warning. Um, it's based on biblical principles, and it's based on natural 
principles. We can look at the charts and graphs that your financial planner can show you, and you can see the zigzag up and down. Um, And so it's a false illusion, false sense of security to think it goes straight up in a straight line. It zigzags up and down, even as it's going up and even as it's coming down. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about wealth secret number five, and that concerns future generations. And I know you have a heart for um, preparing families uh, to prosper, not only now, but in the generations to come. Uh, What is the fifth wealth secret? Proverbs chapter 1322 says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, God, I want to be a good man. How could I leave an inheritance to my children's children? It's very interesting that the Bible says you leave an inheritance to your grandchildren. (laughs) Most people don't do that. Most people are only thinking, well, maybe I could leave a little something to my children. Most Mm. people are in so much debt, they can't leave anything to anybody. But uh, if you think about why would it say to your grandchildren, think about the age of people when uh, most parents would be ready to pass away. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody's going to pass away, they're probably 80 or 90. Mm-hmm. How old are the kids? 40 and 50. 50, 60. Mm-hmm. How old are the grandkids? 20, 30. When do you really need money? <laughs> when you're 50 or 60 or when you're 20 or 30 just starting mm-hmm. out? And the answer is obviously when you're 20 or 30. That's why God in his wisdom said mm-hmm. you leave an inheritance to the children's children. So how do you do that? Again, you create a jar mm-hmm. for it. And you begin to store money. You begin to multiply. God gave us a strategy in our family. Once we were out of debt, I said, God, how could I make it so that my children would never have to go to a bank Mm. to borrow money to buy a house? Uh, Jan and I own a house. We don't have a mortgage on it. We own a car. We don't pay a car payment on that. I said, how could I make that so for my children? God gave us a strategy. And uh, we have done that uh, for our children. My oldest son and his wife own a house. They don't have a mortgage from a bank. Mm -hmm. My youngest son and his wife will probably buy a house next year. Uh, They won't go to a bank and borrow. And most people go, how is that possible? Everybody's leaning into the radio right now. (laughs) You must be very, very rich. No, 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 no. We're just normal, average people, and God is no respecter of persons. God will do that for anybody. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? The strategy's right here in the book. Mm-hmm. Five wealth secrets 96% of us don't know. Uh, we could all learn that mm-hmm. and understand that. Amen. Well, I encourage you listeners, go to familyfoundations.com to learn more about Craig Hill's ministry and purchase Five Wealth Secrets, 96% of us don't know, and many other books that he has available, resources, seminars. You have something coming up in in uh, December we, here in Denver? We do. December 9th and 10th, we have a seminar coming up called Empowering Relationships. And we do a lot of these all over the world, mainly on video, but this one's going to be live here mm-hmm. in Denver. I'm going to be teaching it live December 9th and 10th. And that really talks about... How can you empower any relationship, whether it's a marriage relationship, relationship at work, relationships at church, relationship with your children? You can be an agent to either bring negative energy into that relationship or positive energy into that relationship. You can bring God's life into a relationship or you can destroy a relationship. And we find many people don't know the key principles of how to do that. They actually destroy a marriage relationship for no reason. Mm. They destroy relationships at work and find themselves at odds with people, and they don't know why. This seminar goes through, again, some key principles from the Word of God. Mm -hmm. How could I change that? 
and find myself prospering and flourishing in my work relationships, in my family relationships, Mm -hmm. in my marriage relationship? How could I empower relationships instead of damaging and destroying Mm -hmm. relationships? Amen. And the Lord says, beloved, above all, I want that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So prospering is not just about money. It's in every aspect of our lives. Craig Hill, thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you'd like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, or mental health consulting and publishing services, visit www.drpegradio.com. Remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM for Living Well with Dr. Pegg.